0: Have you ever walked past a dumpster and been like, yo, I wonder what's in that dumpster? Oh. I can put on these glasses. or start eating that fast. there's a in the Um, I mean, she is she
1: she was extremely charismatic. Like, I would go into her office and she would tell me about, um, you know, she would tell me about the vision
0: of the company and helping third-world countries, and I would, I would be so motivated to do my job, and then I would go back, and I was working with a there device, and I'd go, wait, what just happened? <laughs> this is what we were talking about that whole time? <laughs> How did she just do that to me? Like, I was working with this device every day. But, yeah.
1: You're listening to the True Crime Dumpster Podcast with hosts Amy and...
0: And I'm Kevin.
1: And we're coming back at you this week with episode number 77, which is part two of our Rise and Fall of Theranos, as well as Elizabeth Holmes.
0: Yeah, two-parter. We haven't done one of those in a while.
1: Yeah, and I mean, this almost could potentially be a three-parter, but we'll, we'll do an update once the trial's done.
0: Yes, it's but ongoing. It's
1: ongoing, and there should be a verdict soon.
0: I don't know how there could be because we were listening to a news report earlier today and there's like millions of like papers of evidence and hundreds yeah, of witnesses. I know, and all my, this, I, it seems like the trial is going to go on yeah, longer dad, than Theranos was a company.
1: Yeah, my my dad was basically saying that the, the the jury was deliberating last week, but that can't be the case because people were testifying today.
0: And, well, I think maybe what he was talking about, I thought I heard something about some of the jurors not being, like, able to be jurors because they knew about the case.
1: Oh, maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. There has been, there have been complications with the jurors, for sure, and we'll get to that. But... Let's go ahead and get to it. I mean, oh, and then also obviously to address this is getting out a little bit later than we wanted. I know I say that a lot. It's a true crime, crime like dumpster week, which is it, like a week a, to a month,
0: in anywhere in between.
1: No, it's always it's it's yeah. Well, speaking of crime, every single criminal thing that freshman boys can do or basically done in the last week there's a so if you don't know i teach high school and there are a lot of tiktok trends going on right now september was steal everything at school the bigger the gnarlier the more cred that you get so that is not catchy at all fire extinguishers are stolen from rooms which is insanely not safe hand sanitizer um i had a couple bottles of hand sanitizer stolen I had my room number stolen. I was able to sort of get it back, but it's not affixed to anything. Oh, gosh. What else? The doors of the locker room were... No, somebody stole the doors off of the bathroom. Like, the bathroom stall doors. They, like, brought a screwdriver to school and undid them and took them. And then they, like, took benches and were throwing (laughs) them, like, onto the football field and stuff.
0: See, they've really upped their game since I was a kid, because we used to do dumb stuff. But
1: Yeah, and it's pointless, too, because it's just, it's just to get a couple likes on some stupid app that, that I was going to say that nobody cares about, but I, it's actually like everybody but us cares about.
0: Yeah, I am so glad there was no social media when I was going to school.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't have graduated. I'd be in jail. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's been a crazy week. There's been... A lot of stuff, like a lot of emotional stuff happening with my female students, and I do have a student teacher as well. So it's been crazy, and now it's back to school night tomorrow night, so it's Payback just... to bitch, kids. <laughs> so anyways... That. So that's why it's coming out later than we want, but this is our only night to record, so let's do this.
0: We're in the eye of the storm here, so here we go.
1: I know. Who knows what'll happen tomorrow?
0: <laughs> so where we left off at was 2013... Tyler Schultz, grandson to George Schultz, and he is a very important person. He used to be a, a Secretary of State during the Nixon years and stuff. He was very, yeah, and he's gotten the highest, and honor. very powerful person,
1: and he's gotten the highest honor of like the Presidential Medal of Freedom thing. Like he got that like in the early 2000s. He I was think.
0: around. He was.
1: He's been around forever. Yeah, under numerous. He was Contra.
0: Iran Contra. Yeah, the, yeah. 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 That Watergate. He was there for that. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. He's, he's for several been several presidents fist bumping the Illuminati for uh, <laughs> decades. Yeah. So Tyler Schultz is that guy's grandson. And he begins working at Theranos in 2013. And he was noticing some funky stuff happening. Also around this time, Erica Chung, the 22 year old UC Berkeley chemistry and biology graduate began working there as well. Both of these bright and young people, about six years Elizabeth's junior, would begin the unraveling of the medtech unicorn and be dubbed the whistleblowers. Ooh, what an ominous name. <laughs> Erica Chung thought she had scored her dream job. Quote, I was 22 years old. It was a job I could see working at for 10 years. I thought I was really lucky. Erica didn't and couldn't know it at the time, but she was about to become a key player in bringing the tyrannical Theranos down. And when we say tyrannical, it's purely Elizabeth Holmes. She was the tyrant.
1: Arguably, Sonny Balwani was too.
0: She was like, or he was the muscle. He was actually
1: kind of like her
0: He was just the pudgy guy that was like, she was milking money from, I think.
1: But also, like, that was her attack dog. She kind of just wanted to be. Oh, uh, sorry. I didn't know
0: that's what you said. But yes, go ahead. Yeah.
1: I mean, she kind of wanted to be the brains of the operation and she kind of wanted him to be the brawn, it seems like. She didn't like she didn't. I don't think she liked confronting people or like doing the business part of it or doing any part of it. Because if she had been realistically doing the scientific part of it, I don't know. (laughs) Who knows? Yeah. Who knows what she was doing? But she was there a lot.
0: But she never blinked, and so that kind of intimidated people. (laughs) So by the time that Erica joined the company, it had raised more than $45 million and had some scary-ass board members at the time, which we talked about in the last episode, such as former secretaries of state Henry Kissinger, George Shultz, and senators and top military generals. Theranos had also just announced a partnership with Walgreens to allow consumers to test blood at their stores pharmacies and was starting to garner glowing national media attention. About a month in, she was asked Erica was, to run quality control on a patient's sample. Quote, I kept running it and running it, and it kept failing and failing and failing. It was Thanksgiving Day and no one was in the lab. It was just me by myself, and I was freaking out. I contacted this helpline we had and said, I don't know what to do. This quality control keeps failing. I'm resetting the whole system, but I don't feel comfortable sending out this patient's sample. The response, she said, was to bring in the research associate who deleted data points saying, These are outliers. You can get rid of these. Uh, That's called cherry-picking data. And that is a big no-no.
1: Yeah, it does not make for accurate data.
0: She called together the scientists and explained the problematic quality control.
1: Yeah, basically to be like, yeah, you can't cherry-pick data. And they are like,
0: yeah. What do you mean you can't?
1: The scientists were for science, and that's why a lot of them would quit. And we're not going to go into it too much in detail, but there was one scientist who was with... Elizabeth from the very get go like it's literally the patent for this device that doesn't work basically is in his name and her name and his name is Ian Gibbons he's a he's major in it and he kind of gets swept under the rug he worked for Elizabeth for like 10 years. And when shit kind of hit the fan, and he was kind of being forced to like testify to like a grand jury. He ended up trying to commit suicide. And it was really ugly because he wasn't successful. But then he went to the hospital for like seven more days and then died in the hospital. It's like incredibly sad. It's like this sub story of the whole Theranos story. And it's just so incredibly sad. And if you watch the documentary The Inventor on HBO or listen to the podcast series The Dropout, they interview Ian Gibbons' wife and... It's just so incredibly sad, like how Theranos treats her and everything like that. But so when you know Erica Chung is calling together all these scientists, like these are really credible people that are w- want to be on her side. Yeah, everyone know?
0: working there like believes in what they're doing.
1: Yeah, like Ian Gibbons, he was he got his PhD from Cambridge, like he's a fucking genius. Yeah. You know,
0: and shit's not working, and they're and, like and back sh- to the drawing board exactly, and it's like over and, and over again. And
1: Elizabeth is basically like. Elizabeth and Sunny are both being like, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up, just do your job, just do your job, and they're like, but our job is science, and we can't do it because the science isn't working, you know? They were
0: trying to cram this whole laboratory, basically, in this little, tiny, like, basically like a printer-looking machine, like the size of a printer, and like, some of the scientists and uh, engineers were saying- It's not possible. (laughs) There's not enough room to do all the stuff you want to do in this little space, and- And
1: she wasn't having it.
0: No, she wanted it to look like an Apple product, you know? And so this is, you know, they wouldn't budge.
1: She had a vision. Yeah. And she didn't care.
0: More like a fever dream. Yeah. (laughs) So the scientists would agree that the process should be shut down to find the problems. But Sunny and Elizabeth, like we were saying, would get angry that there weren't enough testing and processing happening. The quality control sheets tracking data kept disappearing
1: yeah so like Erica <laughs> Chung she was like, you know what I'm gonna start taking account of every single time that like a machine fails and that there's like an issue with the machine she started putting these sheets on there basically keeping track of what day and what time like it the machine fucks up and then every day she would get to work and they would be like in the trash
0: <laughs> yeah
1: and it wasn't the scientists and it wasn't her doing it it was some it was probably sunny coming in and fucking being like yeah fuck this shit you know we or don't need, we don't herself. need a paper yeah maybe but again like that's that's hearsay allegedly allegedly it's not allegedly hearsay it just is hearsay <laughs> but yeah so that's why like erica was starting to get really stressed out from this job cuz she was trying to do the right thing as a scientist and over and over again she's being undermined
0: don't you guys know by now that doing the right thing will never make you money? That's a little aside. Anyways, glass tubes were breaking. Broken glass and needles were everywhere, potentially threatening employees' lives as many of the blood samples were contaminated with disease. Yeah. So, so
1: when we were watching the Inventor documentary, they were talking about how like the nanotainers, which is where the one drop of blood was, were these like little tiny pill-shaped cylindrical things that were completely round, like they didn't have a flat bottom? So they would put them, and they would like potentially roll off, and like sometimes they would try to catch these samples, and the samples were these little tiny glass vials, and they're like, you know, some of these samples like had like hepatitis and shit in them, because they were testing for disease. Ugh. Just so they were like just rolling off
0: the countertops and stuff. Yeah, they
1: just said that the the lab was a nightmare. Because again, I think there I think that Elizabeth's vision was more about more Apple than medical, right? And she wanted it to look a certain way. And she just she just wanted it to be something that it couldn't. And it's like she put more time and energy in branding and marketing than she did like researching and science.
0: Yeah. And it's kinda of funny in the that documentary, The Inventor, the Theranos like headquarters or office or whatever is like above ground, is all glass and like really like projects transparency and stuff like that. But then the lab and all that is down in the basement. basement. And it's like a labyrinth and it's like confined spaces and stuff. So no one can see Yeah what's going on.
1: There is one visit like Joe Biden actually goes to visit it. And actually says, like, oh, you're doing such a good job. But, like, literally what they did is they brought up, like, a bunch. They brought, like, every viable, like, Edison machine and, like, set it up to make it look like there were a bunch of them. And just upstairs where there wasn't a lab and they just made it seem like they literally did, like, cosplay lab, you know. Yeah. And Biden was like, you're doing a great job. And then, like, photo op and done. She would do that to everyone. She would do that with, like, Walgreens associates. Like, literally, they'd be like, we're going to test your blood. And then they have, like, you know, this big ribbon-cutting kind of ceremony thing. And then they'd sweep the executives away. And then people would furiously work in, like, a real lab in the basement trying to figure out the person's like blood sample and stuff like it was so much smoke and mirrors there
0: yeah and they would outsource some of these tests yeah and they were
1: using third-party machines like <laughs> Siemens and stuff yeah. and that's part of the lawsuit as well they said that they don't test on using third-party machines it was all their own you know invention and that was a total lie and 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 both of them have gone on record to say like we lied that is not true we we use third-party machines and also they claimed that Theranos was being used on the battlefield and in, like, medical helicopters in the military, and that was not true.
0: Yeah, she was really trying to get military contracts because that is...
1: Well, and she had General Mattis, you know, and yeah, other like, really board. scary pe- people on the board. And so it gave her a lot of credibility with actually having none.
0: If you can land military contracts...
1: That's all you need.
0: <laughs> it's just a... Tsunami of money. It's a cash cow. Never stops. So Erica Chung had lunch with Tyler Schultz one day. They both had seen things that were deplorable. They were both stressed out beyond belief and felt like there was something very wrong with the company. After seven months of working at Theranos, Erica Chung couldn't take it anymore. The dream job had turned into a nightmare. That was when she started to get followed, harassed, and genuinely feared for her life. So this was that crazy lawyer that had him. Her.
1: Yeah. So so Elizabeth ended up hiring this guy. We're gonna talk about in a second. His like Bose or something. I have
0: David Boyce.
1: Yeah, David Boyce. Um, he was Harvey Weinstein's lawyer. And who else? He's just a big scary lawyer.
0: Yeah, he's basically like the most feared lawyer in like
1: litigator. Yeah.
0: Yeah, in Washington, basically, he is like. Yeah, like he was Weinstein's. And
1: and it didn't look good for him at this point, especially I was listening to like in the podcast. They were basically saying like he ends up being like their director of legal affairs and is paid like a pretty ungodly salary, I believe. And he basically writes scary letters for her, hires people to follow ex-employees. People are saying like it's kind of a lame fucking job for him to have for being such a scary you know, litigator, like to be some guy that's like typing up letters for like ex- Intimidator. Like he was just people yeah. were just saying that like, it was just a a weird position for him to take. So it must have been paying like a shit ton.
0: So the company and Elizabeth were acting like they were going to sue Erica. Yeah, and Erica doesn't have mug. shit. Like we'll yeah, we'll get 22. we'll get to Tyler.
1: Tyler his he's got fucking wealth up the ass, right? But like Erica doesn't have shit.
0: So She thought that they were going to accuse her of selling trade secrets and stuff. She was terrified. With the little money she had, she hired a lawyer who told her to report what she had witnessed to federal health regulators and to ignore the letter. She never received another legal threat. She then later took a biotech job in China soon after all of this.
1: Yeah, and she said... I I believe either she said it or I'm I'm kind of assuming like it was kind of to get the fuck away from Theranos, too. She was scared of them.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're a very intimidating company to have a board of fucking mass murderers. Yeah. So going to China, that's yeah, that's a big that's a big move. Tyler Schultz decided he had seen enough around this time as well. On April 11th, 2014. After eight months of working at Theranos, he emailed Elizabeth Holmes to complain that Theranos had doctored research and ignored failed quality control checks. Elizabeth forwarded the email to Theranos President Sonny, who belittled Mr. Schultz's grasp of basic mathematics and his knowledge of laboratory science, and then took a swipe at his relationship with George Schultz, the former Secretary of State, and a Theranos director. Sonny wrote, quote, the only reason I have taken so much time away from work to address this personally is because you are Mr. Schultz's grandson. So Tyler quit the same day, and that's when the shitstorm hit. Everyone in Tyler's family began to doubt him, begging him to reconsider. September 2014, Holmes is named one of the richest women in America by Forbes and made the magazine's American billionaire list with the outlet reporting that she owns a 50% stake in the startup, pinning her personal wealth at a cool $4.5 billion.
1: So all of that stuff that's happening with Tyler, like in the midst of all of it, when he's basically starting to whistleblow, where he's like, fuck this shit. The reason he's going to be so adamant about whistleblowing is that he doesn't want to ruin George Schultz, his grandfather. He doesn't want to ruin his reputation, his reputation. Grandfather at this point is in his late 90s and he's had this illustrious, very important career, you know, that spanned multiple presidents and the Presidential Medal of, you know, freedom, honor, whatever. Right. He doesn't want his grandfather's legacy to be sullied by some, you know.
0: Blonde tramp.
1: (laughs) No, she's not a tramp. So he just doesn't want his grandfather's legacy to be blown. Right. So He has a lot of... And and he has money and he has privilege, okay? Like, he's in a very different position than Erica Chung. So, basically, in the midst of basically starting to whistleblow, all of a sudden, she's getting this notoriety. So... Tyler Schultz is trying to explain to his family how much of a fraud she is and how fucking dangerous it is to work there. And then simultaneously, she's being named in the Forbes top whatever list of cunt billionaires, right? So they're like, you're fucking crazy. They, it's the ultimate gaslighting, you know? Totally and he's like no 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 i swear i swear i know she looks really amazing and she's going to keep getting accolades and so the whole time george is- george schultz is like i'm ashamed of you and it's like he's like 92 93 years old at this point you know yeah he's like he's not he's happy getting up there in age and he's getting pissed at his grandson for like fucking up this opportunity basically and his grandson is totally in the right
0: so Tyler used an alias and contacted New York State's public health lab and alleged Theranos had manipulated a process known as proficiency testing, relied on by federal and state regulators to monitor the accuracy of lab tests. That was the first known regulatory complaint about Theranos's lab practices. In early 2015, Tyler began speaking with John Carreyrou of the Wall Street Journal. Theranos accused him, Tyler, of leaking trade secrets and violating an agreement not to disclose confidential information. Tyler said lawyers from the law firm founded by David Boyes, that sketchy guy we were talking about, one of the country's best-known litigators and who later became Theranos director and legal powerhouse Nazi. legal Hitler uh, surprised Tyler yeah so during a visit yeah, to yes so like George house. Schultz
1: is like hey I need you to come over and have some tea or something like a, Tyler's like, an like sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically these Theranos lawyers they step out of the side bedroom and they're like hello Tyler you know and they want him <laughs> to sign like these crazy documents saying that he takes everything back and that he won't talk to anyone ever about Theranos ever
0: sketch so even though they are trying to intimidate the fuck out of Tyler, they couldn't crack him. He didn't give things up and kept talking to John Kerry Rue. This caused a huge rift in Tyler's family. He didn't attend his grandfather's 95th birthday, but Elizabeth sure did. Yeah. It's fucked dude, up, he, dude. So
1: George Schultz at this point is like choosing Elizabeth over his own grandson, Tyler.
0: Quote, fraud is not a trade secret. I refuse to allow bullying, intimidation and threat of legal action to take away my first amendment right to speak out against wrongdoing, Tyler stated.
1: Yeah. And Go again, Tyler. like so I think that I just want to like throw out there cuz it's it's hard with the timeline. I think Erica Chung really truly was kind of like the first person to be like, yo, started to make a buzz about fuck this shit, you know. But Tyler was really the one that had the teeth because, like, he his grandfather was on the board of directors, right? right. And he was he, had, he had millions of dollars to back him up. Yeah. They said on the documentary that the parents spent between like four and five hundred thousand dollars on his defense.
0: They like sold their house. And yeah, shit, like right? they were
1: willing to give up everything. I don't think Erica Chung was in the same situation. I don't exact, but like. They pretty much were simultaneously like whistleblowers. So even though we're going to kind of focus on Tyler, Erica was just as important. And she will she's a huge part of the trial.
0: Yeah. Huge. But she just didn't have as much clout no, as at, Tyler's yeah. family name. Did.
1: Absolutely.
0: So in October 2015, John Kerry initial story questioning the veracity of Theranos' bold claims was published in the Wall Street Journal. It was just the first of many articles that led to his book, "Bad Blood: Secrets and Lies in a Silicon Valley Startup," and the new HBO documentary called "The Inventor," which we've been talking about. And it's pretty good. You check check it out if this it interests makes you, you.
1: Watching her speak, though, and knowing that she's full of shit, it's hard to watch.
0: Yeah, if and you know she's the story, awkward
1: as fuck.
0: She's she's. A fucking nutty bird.
1: The, the part where she's dancing to MC Hammer, I can't, oh, I can't. Dude, I cringe can't. fest. Dude, it's like Talk Silicon about, Valley, like, oh cringe oh, fest, exactly. I, I could only
0: imagine all of the people that work at fucking Facebook and Twitter Google. and TikTok and in the government, like, when they do their fucking stupid shit, like, f- like, like raising the roof like, and stuff, there's such dweebs.
1: Except for that time where Bill Clinton was playing with the balloons. That is my favorite thing in the world. Anyways.
0: Yeah. I thought you were going to say little kids. (laughs) The Wall Street Journal reports Theranos is using its proprietary technique on only a small number of the 240 tests it performs, and that the vast majority of its tests are done with traditional vials of blood drawn from the arm not the, quote, few drops taken by a finger prick. And
1: they call that, like, the venous draw or something?
0: Yeah, something like that. Because
1: it's, it's using veins, yeah, not a finger prick.
0: Right, yeah, 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 that's the arm draw, right. In response, Theranos defends its testing practices, calling the journal's reporting, quote, factually and scientifically erroneous. A day later, No, Theranos... look at you knowing words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm smart today. A day later, Theranos halts the use of its blood collection vials for all but the herpes test due to pressures from the FDA. One week after the journal report, Holmes is interviewed on stage at the outlet's conference in Laguna Beach. Quote, we're no So, Elizabeth says, We know what we're doing, and we're very proud of it. Amid the criticism, Theranos reportedly shakes up its board of directors, eliminating Henry Kissinger and George Shultz. Which, which I, I, I,
1: feel think like I think that's they nasty.
0: jumped ship.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll
0: they weren't like when you say eliminating, it sounds like they're going in the getting into the execution ditch out back. <laughs> um, no, I think they you know saw where this was all going. I'm not, I'm
1: not entirely sure,
0: maybe not George, but Kissinger's like he because he was asked, I think he had done some interviews and he was being asked about it. When and I think this was some of this bad press was starting to get in the media, and, and he stuff. just was and like, I'm not interested like, anymore. Yeah, I've got. Innocent people to kill. I'm out of here. As you can tell, I don't like these guys. (laughs) So Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services sends Theranos a letter saying its California lab has failed to comply with federal standards and that patients are, quote, in immediate jeopardy. It gives the company 10 days to address this issue. In response, Walgreens says it will not send any lab tests to Theranos' California lab for analysis and suspends Theranos' services at its Palo Alto Walgreens location.
1: In February of 2015, an article in the Journal of American Medical Association criticizes Theranos for failing to publish any of its research in peer-reviewed journals. In May of 2016, Sunny stepped down. Theranos also reconstructs their board members to include... Fabrizio Bonani, that's a fun name. He's a former executive vice president of a biotech firm, Amgen, and the former CDC director, wow, former CDC director, William Foge, and former Wells Fargo CEO, Richard Kovacevic. That's a... Yeah. That's intense.
0: (laughs) I'm surprised this chick is still alive, really.
1: And we'll talk about what happens after shit starts to really crumble. Theranos avoids two years of blood test results from his preparatory testing devices, correcting tens of thousands of blood test reports, the Wall Street Journal reports. So basically they had to kind of go back on two years worth of patient samples being like, yeah, we don't, we, it might not be accurate. In June of 2016, Forbes revises its estimate of Holmes's net worth from 4.5 billion, right? Like you said before, yeah. to guess what?
0: 0. 0
1: dollars. <laughs>
0: oh man.
1: The magazine also lowers its valuation of the company from 9 billion dollars to 800 million. Walgreens, once Theranos' largest retail partner, ends its partnership also during this time. And it closes all 40 Theranos wellness centers in Arizona and California. In October of 2016, Theranos Investor Partner Fund Management, they sue the company for about $96 million. And Theranos is basically forced to pay out. And they settled out of court for an undisclosed amount and then also around this time Theranos lays off 340 employees. That's how many that's just that's just the layoff. So I I think at I think at that's one like point I said third. there was like 800. Yeah. There was about 800 employees in its clinical labs and wellness centers as it attempts to pivot and focus on the mini lab. So the mini lab was this way to kind of circumvent the fact that they're not allowed to like basically use labs at all the The ship is sinking you know that part in yeah. titanic where the the band starts playing like the farewell song and stuff <laughs> she's like the cook in the kitchen that's like we got to get this dinner out and you're like the ship is sinking like and everybody's dying and she's like but my pate you know my
0: biscuits are burning yeah
1: so she's just trying to salvage what she can and so she they start to kind of create like a new product at this point when like literally so
0: the mini lab yeah. is the edison 2.0 right
1: something like that so she unveils this thing called the mini testing laboratory At a conference for the American Association of Clinical Chemistry, in selling the device versus owning its clinics, Theranos seeks to effectively sidestep the CMS sanctions, which don't prohibit research and development. So basically, she's not allowed to run laboratories for patient blood testing, but they're going to continue research because it didn't bar her from doing research in like a laboratory away from patients. So in November of 2016, Walgreens sues Theranos for $140 million. And again, like the last lawsuit, it settled out of court in August of 2017. In January 2017, Theranos downsizes again, laying off approximately 155 more employees, which is at this point about, I think this is more than half of their employees. Yeah, yeah, so they're
0: probably around to like 250. Something like that.
1: And then the Wall Street Journal, so like while all of this is happening, this John Kerry Rue guy, he like is continuing to write about the sinking ship of Theranos and he is just relishing in it. And they have this like chant. So the people that are staying at Theranos, <laughs> the people that are like staying at Theranos is like these diehards, like, yeah, because like during this whole time as their ship is sinking, like Elizabeth is like going on like interviews and stuff, being like, the more they fight me, the the harder I go kind of a thing, you know, like yeah
0: she is still like she's still gung ho Theranos yeah. at
1: this point. Yeah. She thinks she can is, make a comeback.
0: It's fucking
1: crazy. It's, it's <laughs> kind of sad. Like because it's like, again, is she fucking nuts? Like, yes, does she really I can answer. But that. I mean, like, does she really believe this shit or is she doing it because she's like, hey, I've raved you know, hundreds of millions of dollars before I can do it again. Where is this coming from? You know?
0: I feel like she just convinces herself that it's so. Then should she be good? found
1: innocent in her trial then, because she's mentally ill? So we'll we'll get there, but just bear that in mind. So Theranos fails a second regulatory lab inspection in September of that year, and they are forced to close their last blood testing location as a result. So basically, in April of 2017. Theranos loses millions and millions of dollars more from like the state of Arizona because Arizona's pissed and like all kinds of like she's just she's just paying out she's hemorrhaging money at this point so in March of 2018 the SEC charges finally so this is March of 2018 after you know years of this she well potentially yeah like years basically of the stinking ship it kind of started when Tyler Schultz whistle blew finally they're charged with fraud A massive fraud involving more than $700 million from investors, in which they called a elaborate years-long fraud, where they exaggerated or made false claims about the company's technologies, business, and financial performance. So they're alleging that Elizabeth and Sunny knew that Theranos' proprietary analyzer could perform only 12 of the 200 tests that it published on its patient testing menu. So Elizabeth basically gives up control of the company at this point. However, Sonny is fighting the charges with his attorney saying that he accurately represented Theranos to investors to the best of his ability. And I almost like believe him (laughs) because I don't think I think that.
0: So so at this point, there's charges.
1: Yeah. So at this point, the SEC is charging them. And right around that time, within like two to three months, talk about great timing, John Kerry Rue is able to publish his book, Bad Blood, which is in part all of his articles together in all of his extensive interviews with Tyler Schultz and Erica Chung and all kinds of people like coming up from like Elizabeth's past. And then also that same month right after, you know, they're charged with these frauds things that's when i think that he i don't know if he sold the rights or the the rights were obtained in some way director adam mckay who directed the big short he secures the rights to make the film starring jennifer lawrence as elizabeth holmes by the same name so it'll be called Bad Blood. So you must have bought the rights from John Kerry Rue. So John Kerry Rue becomes very successful off of this whole thing. But he, without him, I don't think that everything would have gone down the way it did. Because basically he gave Erica Chung and Tyler Schultz a sounding board. And the Wall
0: Street, and the Wall Street, Journal, Street Journal is, is heavily read. Pretty yeah. big rag. yeah. And it's
1: credible. June 2018, Elizabeth and Sonny are indicted on federal wire fraud charges over allegedly engaging in a multimillion-dollar scheme to defraud investors as well as a scheme to defraud doctors and patients. And we find out at this time that they both face up to 20 years in prison and both have pleaded not guilty. Minutes before the charges were made public, Theranos announced that Holmes has stepped down as the CEO and in her place, David Taylor, who is their general counsel, he takes over as CEO. I, I would not want to be CEO of this company. Yeah. So finally, as so that was like a hail mary because then like two months later in September 2018, Theranos finally dissolves. I don't, know. And, I don't see
0: how it could keep going. Yeah. Yes.
1: So like C- the CEO, this guy David Taylor, he tries to sell the company, I guess, to like salvage any kind of money, and he, I guess he like scouted it out to eighty potential buyers, and nobody nobody wanted it. And so he finally wrote, we are out of time. <laughs> like, it's now not worth anything. In March of 2019, the documentary The Inventor comes out on HBO, which is very well done. And it, I think it includes, I don't think I mentioned this before, but Elizabeth hires this brand marketing person, like a A person whose job it is to make your company look good, and that guy has crazy connections, and he gets Errol Flynn, who's like a critically acclaimed documentarian. If for you guys who don't know, he did he did the Thin Blue Line, he did, he's done everything. Like he's one of the most important documentarians of our time. The Thin Blue Line is a pretty major documentary. Maybe we should do an episode on it. Anyways, so. There are actually clips of Errol Flynn was actually making a documentary about or like helping to kind of brand Theranos when they first started. And he's like hired. And so in the documentary, you actually see clips of Errol Flynn's work in there, I believe. So in May of 2020, an additional criminal wire fraud charge is tacked on to the many, many other things. Oh, and also between those two things, between the inventor coming out, which is a pretty scathing documentary, and before the next, the, the final wire fraud charge, you know what happens in between those two things? What's that? Uh, well, Elizabeth goes to Burning Man.
0: <laughs> oh, right.
1: So there were like these pretty scathing articles about, it was like, while her company is burning, she's going to Burning Man. So it's like literally she has ruined a lot of patients. I, I, I can't say that she's ruined their lives. She's made them very uncomfortable.
0: She put some she in put danger. some in
1: danger for sure. And she also had people believe like there are people who have testified in her trial like a mother who thought she miscarried and didn't. And then a woman who thought she had cancer but didn't. So she freaked a lot of people out. I don't yeah. know if any you know, I don't know if anyone was significantly harmed by her test results, but she fucked a lot of people up basically. And then on top of that. At least 500 to 800, 900 eventually, like, employees were, like, laid off of their jobs and had to, like...
0: And all the investors and that all the just investors got lost money just... Oh, I'm
1: so sad about fucking Betsy DeVos and fucking Rupert Murdoch. No, I'm not. Yeah, no. But I anyways, mean, they... but, like, she fucked over a lot of people, and you would think as someone who fucked over, I don't know, the likes of Rupert Murdoch and fucking General Mattis and stuff, like... Henry
0: Kissinger. And Henry
1: Kissinger and fucking, I don't know, just like, to go to Burning Man with your new boyfriend, who's, like, 10 years younger than you, which, I mean, which is fine. I mean, age is fine. I don't care. Like, he's, like, 26, 27 years old now. His name is Billy Evans. He's a hotel heir. Um, I mean, she knows how to pick him. Like, she doesn't have any money now, so she finds a rich boyfriend. They go to Burning Man together, and apparently his Instagram is just full of, like, him and Elizabeth being BFFs and her being real, like, silly and funky in pictures. Like, here's a silly coat i'm wearing and these are silly glasses like she's having like the time of her life and going to burning man and like being in love during a time where she's yeah basically ruined a lot of people's lives uh, you know least not least of all fucking ian gibbons like if if we want to put one death on fucking her on on her fucking ian gibbons
0: fair enough so i think she probably went to burning man to like go burn all her documents
1: (laughs) she puts them in the burning man yeah yeah right so home uh so in september of 2020 we start to hear about her defense strategy which is to say that she has some kind of mental defect or mental disease and Also, that she is going to say and has said in her trial that she was the victim of a decade long abusive relationship with Sonny. Now, I don't want to make light of that, but I don't know. I think I think that the way it has been described in the trial is that it's more of like a mentally abusive relationship. I don't think he physically or sexually assaulted her in any way.
0: Okay, okay. So first of all, Elizabeth is a fucking complete liar. Okay, that's established. Yeah. And then in this documentary, you, some people describe Sonny and Elizabeth's relationship. And Elizabeth was the dominant one, everyone says. Seemingly. So I, don't...
1: I mean, there's no way we can know, obviously, because we are not behind those closed doors. Correct. And like, I always want to believe victims, but it does feel like she is saying that she was abused by him to separate their trials and it may have actually done Sonny some good too i'm not yeah. and, and again like i'm not gonna try to defend his shit because i don't exactly know we don't know yeah i don't know what the definition is of abuse in ter- in this context but i do know that it would because of that claim they were able to get their trials separated and I think that actually ultimately ends up being good for Sunny because being connected to Elizabeth, I, I don't think I would Automatic. want to. Automatic. Well, yes. I don't know. So who know like she's so rich and powerful and white. Um that
0: That's regardless of anything.
1: But I mean, like, she might get off.
0: Well, so it is up to a jury. Yeah. And she is a very manipulative liar. She's got big puppy eyes uh, that she never believed well, and
1: we'll talk about other things that bought her some sympathy for the jury too later on
0: yeah but so i mean it's already established that she's a just a fucking insane liar mm-hmm. with a crazy poker face but
1: i mean like anyone who's on trial for anything is nearly i would say you know at least 90 percent of the time they're gonna try to plead not guilty and then, if you plead not guilty, you have to have reasons, and so these are her reasons. Whether well, you know there can she's be-
0: been able to hire like some of the best lawyers around. So, yeah, they might dig up Johnny Cochran. Oh,
1: shut up. Sonny's trial starts in 2022, like I think January of 2022. So, like it is, even though their cases are separated at this point or their trials are separated, there's a really good chance that obviously the outcome of her trial is going to heavily influence his trial and because we're doing this podcast i can't be on his jury i would actually love to be on his jury. (laughs) were you asked i wish i've only i've i want i think you know a little too much i know i i know way too much at this point and they'll listen to the podcast and be like you can't do this because they already know that like we think that they're guilty. I don't know. I don't know. Actually, you know what? I'm not decided. You can still pick me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you heard it here first. Uh, I will. Whoever still, I picks will yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think I get reimbursed by my school you district. You get like a,
0: a hot dog and a high five, I think, for showing up.
1: <laughs> so in December of 2020, um, Like Basically, the trial was supposed to start in July of 2020, but this little thing called COVID-19 happened, and so then it got postponed to December 2020, and then it was like, put off some more, and then in March of 2021, when they're about to restart things, dun-dun-dun, she's pregnant.
0: Oh, what a miracle.
1: I know. So, I don't think it was Immaculate Conception, but uh, it was by Billy Evans Jr., her boyfriend, Potentially husband. there has been some reports that they actually got married in June of June or July of 2019. But like there's no public documents that people have found to to support that. I don't there is some screwy stuff with their relationship. But
0: whatever. Every time you say Billy Evans, I think Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top.
1: <laughs> no, not the same person.
0: He recently passed. Oh, all right. Power, buddy.
1: So, yeah. So like what I was saying in March of 2021. She's pregnant. So surprise, surprise, the trial is put off more. And she has her child in July. And so basically they're like, okay, well, you got six weeks and then your trial is going to start. So in like basically the next month in August, the jury selection starts. And there's a lot of craziness that happens with jury selection. Um, And they basically get these 12 jurors and then like immediately one is exposed to COVID-19 and then the trial is like delayed for a while. And then one of the jurors is like forgot to disclose that they actually worked for an accounting firm that temporarily worked with Theranos for a while. But the judge, how do you
0: forget to disclose Well,
1: I don't know that. I guess they didn't know. They said that they work for this place and they didn't know that Theranos was a client. And I guess nobody picked up on it until later. And I think somebody was like, hey, you do know that your firm worked for Theranos, right? And she was like, ah, shit. So she went to the lawyer and was like, I guess like my firm worked for Theranos. I don't think she worked at the firm at the time that the firm worked with Theranos. Because remember, Theranos has been around for at least a decade right Right. and so this accountant or whatever she is right she works at this firm and that firm represented theranos at some point for like six months when she didn't work there so that's not that crazy that she didn't disclose it's like you know seven degrees so basically the judge was like that's fine you can stay on because they were getting kind of concerned. They're like, we only have a couple alternates because then a, the 19 year old juror, which that's I'm sorry, that's very young. Like when you were 19 and you worked your shitty hourly job, yeah. like you couldn't be gone for weeks to serve like on a crazy yeah. trial. The
0: 19 year old had to go to the mall. Yeah.
1: So the 19 year old who probably worked <laughs> at like fucking Orange Julius or something is like, yeah. Hey judge, can I talk to you one-on-one?" and judge was like, "Okay." She was like, "Hey, my job. I'm going to lose my job if I if I if I serve on this jury." And he the judge for a while, I don't actually know if it got settled or not, but like the judge basically is like, "Can you like serve on the jury during the week and then like work on the weekends?" Like he Or
0: work at night. But, and he was like but apparently like the, the trial is only him.
1: going on three days a week. It's only Tuesday, oh, oh, Wednesday okay. and Friday. So I think that I think that maybe e- they may have even done that somewhat to co- accommodate her. So I'm not 100 hmm. percent sure. But like basically I think she stayed in or maybe he let her go and the alternate stepped in for that. But basically it was starting to shape up very strangely at the beginning of the trial where it was just like all the jurors were like dropping, you know. So the trial begins on September 8th and the opening arguments happen and she has her lawyer is named Lance Wade and he presents in his opening statement saying that Holmes didn't go to work every day intending to lie, cheat or steal. Well, that's good. And then the government's opening statement is given by US attorney Robert Leach. And he told jurors that Holmes engaged in a scheme of fraud and misleading claims to attract investors and expand the availability of its testing device into huge corporations world you know, worldwide, basically. And he's just like, and you're gonna hear from patients whose lives were affected by this woman and you're gonna wanna find her guilty, basically. The second day of the trial was canceled due to that exposure to COVID-19, which took out a couple of days. And then like days like two to five or six. It's like all Erica Chung, basically, because like I said, Tyler Schultz really was like the whistleblower in it. But like Erica Chung, she knows the shit and she was trying to call them out from like day one when she started working there. So other people that we've heard in the trial have been the former U.S. Defense Secretary, James Mattis. He testified on Wednesday, September 23rd, and he basically was like, hey, I thought I was doing a good thing. I thought I was saving people's lives I thought that this shit was being used on the battlefield or I saw its potential to be used in the battlefield. Like I never, like she never came off as like a fraudster. I mean, she was the state's witness. So it's not like he is trying to like defend her. He was like, I was duped by this woman basically. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently he was like totally cool, calm and collected. And basically just said what he needed to say, but he was on the stand. I would say for like, I think it was like three or four hours. So the, our most recent update is September 29th, and that's when the former Theranos lab director, Adam Russendorf, he has been testifying as a witness. So, like, we're literally—we're we're, breaking news here. Yeah, like that's it, today. it's today. It's ongoing. Is it—is today the 29th? Currently. Is it really? Oh, wow. That was really recent then. Look at that. I had the most recent tweet—
0: you heard it here first, guys.
1: Or maybe second if you're on top of your news. Or if you
0: read the news, maybe yeah, second or third.
1: <laughs> so that's where it stands. So rather than just ask what you think, do you think that she's... I mean, because the trial is going to conclude somewhat soon, probably in the next couple of weeks, if not maybe even a couple of days. I think that they still have some more shit to go through, but... And then the jury's going to deliberate. I believe that the jury is going to have a tough time with this case. And they're going to probably deliberate for a couple of days. I don't think it's going to be something that they can decide in a couple hours, even a day. How do you think? Like, do you think she's going to get convicted? And if so, how many years do you think she'll get? Because she could face up to 20.
0: I don't know. I feel like it's possible she can... Talk her way out of this, especially if she's like breastfeeding on the stand.
1: Yeah. So that I forgot to mention <laughs> that. Yeah. Like a lot of like Phyllis Gardner, who we've talked about, I believe it was her that she was like, damn, that girl's good at buying like what she needs at the time. Like, isn't that a convenient pregnancy? Basically, on the dropout podcast.
0: Yeah. And like her, like getting that uh, hotel air to be her boyfriend and all that stuff. She kind of like makes these power moves when it really suits her. Hmm. So, you know, she was able to talk some of the scariest people on Earth into being in 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 a fraud. Yeah. So, So I feel like she has a good chance of not serving anything. Talking the you know. Saying whatever she needs to say to get these jurors to. So, do you think? I, I don't do you think know that, if there needs to be reasonable doubt, or like I'm not sure how that part works. It's, fraud, it's not like a, yeah, not like a, like murder. Like a murder case, yeah. right? So, um
1: well, I guess it, there there has to be reasonable doubt to think that like basically she didn't know she was lying. I guess like it was intention. Yeah. So it's all about intention. Yeah. Like, did she knowingly fraud people out of money, or did she really truly believe that the technology was there? Or, like, you know what I mean? That's 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 what she's I'm on curious trial for. If I I think she's going to be charged, and I think okay. she's going to get five years. I've said I'm it. I curious... said it here. Yeah,
0: okay. Well. Okay. And then
1: Sunny, I think that. I think he'll be acquitted. I don't think I don't think he'll get charged. I don't think he'll get convicted.
0: He seems like so
1: that those are my those are my. I mean, fuck fuck fantasy leagues, fuck football. You know what I mean? I'm I'm doing theranos. <laughs> so I think she'll be charged.
0: Theranos fantasy. I think League. well
1: not charged. I think she'll be convicted. I think she'll um, face five years. I think it would have been more if she hadn't been pregnant. I, how about this? Two to five years, yeah. and See, then Sunny's say... Sunny's gonna be acquitted.
0: I would say Sonny might be acquitted, but then he was also pressuring, like, uh, Tyler Schultz and stuff. He was, like, he knew.
1: He knew something was... was wrong, but I don't know if he explicitly knew that. I don't know. Yeah, he might he might serve some time. But I, I we'll see. It, it's super difficult. Ask me, ask me in was, a month. What
0: uh, Elizabeth's teacher way back Phyllis that, Gardner. Yeah, she said from the get-go, it's not possible to do what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess she did shop around and find uh, someone. Yeah. Finally, because everyone was like, no, that that won't work. That won't work. That won't work. And then finally found one that backed her up. But it seemed like reality was just like cherry picking data. She was cherry picking
1: staff members. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So there's enough, you know, I think there's enough there to be like, there was no way this was going to work. You're trying to put like a square peg no in a round There's hole. There's no way that anyway. she
1: wasn't there. It's like her claiming that there were no red flags is bullshit. So, and I and think, remember, uh, Sunny was there way less time than she was. Way less time. She started this company in 2003 when she was 19 years old. He didn't join until like two, like way later, like 2008 or nine or something. And then he. But they also like earlier. were in a
0: relationship together apparently, and they lived together. And for a time Mm -hmm. and they were always together. So I, you know, I find it hard to believe that he didn't know.
1: Yeah. And if you listen to like the dropout podcast or like even like news stories on this, that the the text message and email exchanges between her and Sonny are very damning. They're like, so the technology doesn't work, right? Yup. It's like, we're fucked, right? Yup. Like they, they like knew they, like, it's yeah. very clear that they knew. Yeah. But I, I still think, I, I, think she'll only, I think she'll only get, like, two to five. I think she'll get two to five years. Okay. I bet you she'll get early release on good behavior, and a lot of that will be probation or house arrest. Because she has a baby.
0: I think she's going to get drawn and quartered. <laughs> Because she made some of these heads of, heads of state look like dummies. Yeah. So.
1: And for that, see. Elizabeth Holmes, you are a garbage human.
0: Don't touch that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you want to know what we're talking about, you have to watch the documentary or just find her dancing to MC yeah, Hammer. It Make sure you have a
0: bowl to barf in the. It's
1: awkward. So you can join our True Crime Dumpster Facebook group. Follow us on Twitter, TC Dumpster, and on Instagram. True Crime Dumpster. You can email us at True Crime Dumpster at gmail.com and listen to our show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Pot, Sp- Spodbean.
0: Spodbean's <laughs> great. If you haven't seen that one, check it out.
1: Podbean, Spotify, YouTube, and many other platforms. I don't have to name them all. We're just on everything. Come on. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends about our podcast. Every review, rating, or referral helps us to get to a larger audience. Tune in next time as we continue talking out the trash. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye.